Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Let's look at 1 Peter. I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2. I would like to read from verse 9 till the verse 12. First Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Reading from verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should, ye should shew forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous, into his out of into his marvelous light, which in time time past were not a people but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, uh, and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul, having a conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil, against you as evildoers they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify god in the day of your visitation amen well when you look at the text in the previous session last week i spoke about how um the word of god as we hear god's word there are some things that it does for us or as we have come into god and have fed on the milk of the word we become built as living stones being built up together as a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices then we i saw we we saw in the scriptures how um jesus christ is precious to us even though he's rejected by others he is precious to us and then the verse 9 says that but for but ye are a holy a, a, a chosen generation so he spoke about the generation there meaning a race people who share same blood or same dna okay so same genealogy and we all are the we 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 descend from christ spiritual and spiritual descent is christ so we become a special race uh chosen god actually chose us and a royal priesthood we are priests but royals hallelujah and then a holy nation holy a nation is a community of people who share same values operating under same laws so we are in we operate under the government of god and the law the word of god is the our law his word is our law his his word is our rule all right so we are a holy nation then a peculiar people that means a separated people we have been chosen and set aside by god for himself set aside by god for himself so not for any other thing not for any person but for himself we are a peculiar treasure now having said that um, that particular text was quoted from the old testament in the book of Deuteronomy, how God told the Israelites that they were his people. So Peter takes a message for the Israelites, which was peculiar to the Israelites, and applies it to the church. By so doing, because of that, some people believe and say and believe that the church has now replaced Israel. Israel is no more valuable or important or God's special people. The church has become God's special people. Not, no, not necessarily. Okay. The church has not replaced Israel in the plan of God. The church has not replaced, even though according to Romans chapter 2, we, we, uh, uh, there's a true Jew who is one inwardly. Okay, we are the true Israel of God. It does not mean that physically or before the eyes of God, we have replaced natural Israel. So the church hasn't replaced natural Israel. In uh, uh, Actually, we have been, according to um, Romans chapter 11, we have been engrafted in. We have been engrafted. So the real tree is there, but to engraft is to take a branch 
from a different tree and insert it into a main tree and then it goes through a certain biological processes and then or some processes and then eventually that branch becomes naturally part of this original tree and so we who were far off according to Ephesians chapter 2 have been brought near we were far out we were strangers to the common commonwealth of Israel all right, on and the covenants of promise. We were aliens. I could Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, 12, and 13. We were aliens from the from uh, the covenants of promise. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were very far, but now have been integrated, have been engrafted in the state is it, but you have been brought near. So he has brought us near who were once far, but now in Christ, you, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we have been brought near and that bringing near means we have been integrated and engrafted. So Hebrews, uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 26, it says that, uh, in fact, Romans 10, 1, Paul says, how I pray that Israel will be saved. So Paul prayed that Israel will be saved. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that, that they might be saved. So that means that and this one is entirety of Israel might be saved. The people of God, the, the descendants of Abraham, the people who God gave his promise to. Chapter 11 verse 26, Romans chapter 11 verse 26 says that Israel shall be saved. Okay, so uh, and so all Israel shall be saved. Israel shall be saved. The time is coming when God restore them to himself. So they were at that time, at a point in time, say, we were waiting for the promise of God. We are waiting for the, prom the promise of God. The Messiah came and they didn't see him. He came to his own and his own received him not. John 1, 11. He came to his own, his own received him not. Jesus told the woman at the well, John chapter 4, that I think verse 21, that salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. That's very important. See, so salvation is of them. Jesus came to them, but they, they did not receive him as the Lord, as the one through whom they shall be saved. They didn't receive him as such. Why? Because their eyes were blind. And Bible said up to now, when the law is even read, veil covers their face. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Now, so... The point I'm making here is that Israel is there, but God has integrated the church, the Gentiles. The church is made up of Gentiles and Jews. So both Gentiles and Jews, uh, glorious unity. He has made us one, Ephesians chapter 2, thereby making one out of the twine or out of the two, making one. So he has removed the enmity, verse 15, and, yeah, 15. He says that having, obtained, uh, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinance, for to make in himself of the twine. Give me New King James, please. Let's look at the New King James. Uh, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. That's making peace. Who is this two talking about? He's talking about Jews and Gentiles. So he make one from Jews and Gentiles. Now we have become one entity called the body of Christ. All right. So that is the church. That's why people, some people say the church has now replaced natural Israel. The church has not replaced natural Israel, but they shall be saved and become part of the church as according to the plan of God. Now, coming back to what Peter was saying. So Peter takes what the promise that God gave to Israel and applies it to the church. So he says that we are a, a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, so this is the church. We are a peculiar people to God. How? That ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. Yesterday in my teaching in Encounter First 21, I spoke about how darkness typifies or darkness stands for um, uh, the kingdom of the enemy or Satan and his domain of rule. So he has, who has brought us out of darkness into his, Bible. I, use, I like the word, the phrase there, marvelous light. The, the light of God is marvelous, marvelous. We have been brought into light. But watch this, 
Sometimes it's easy to focus on the benefits we have in Christ and marginalize the responsibility that comes with a benefits. Okay, so when you look at the text again, it says that who has um, brought us out of darkness? No, it says that that he has, we are a holy nation, Joseph's generation, royal priesthood, the holy nation, peculiar people, that, we, that ye should show forth, that's very important, the praises of him who has called you. So the job is to show forth his praises. Wherever you are, in your marriage, in your family, in your school, in your company, uh, in town, in your business, everything you do, if you are saved, then you are saved, you are called, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's not just that. There's an assignment. There is a purpose for you, be, for us being a chosen generation, for us being a, a, a royal priesthood, for us being a holy nation, and for us being a peculiar people or a special treasure personal treasure of God for us being God's personal I like that word very much or that phrase we are a peculiar people which is a personal treasure of God we belong to him personally no wonder Paul in Acts it talks about how the God whom whose I am and whom I serve hallelujah he says that I actually belong to him the God whose I am in whom I serve. Anytime you are living your life, don't live your life in fear. Even in times of pandemic, you have to know that the God whose I am and whom I serve. Hallelujah. I belong to him and I serve him. Whose I am, the God whose I am. We are a special chosen, a special peculiar treasure to God. We actually belong to him. We belong to God. We are his. We are his. We belong. So we are his. For what reason? We don't belong to ourselves. Paul was at that, was at that time a prisoner. Prisoner of Caesar. Prisoner of Rome. Being transported to Rome in the high seas. And he says, I belong to God. I don't belong to any nation. I don't belong to Caesar. I belong to God. God whose I am and whom I serve. Hallelujah. So, he, we belong to God. Or oh, if I were you every day, I will remind myself, I belong to God. When someone is fighting me, when someone is making life hard for me, when someone is trying to frustrate me, I will have to remind myself. You have to remind yourself everything. When life is getting tough, remind yourself, oh yes, I belong to God. We belong to God. And not just that I belong to God. I am a peculiar, a special treasure. I am God's special treasure. Sister, you don't need a particular look in order to know that you are treasured. Hallelujah. You don't need, uh, uh, if your, your hair is short, you don't need long hair first. If your, your hair is long, you don't need short hair. If you are light skin you don't need dark skin if you are dark skin you don't need light skin if you are you have your your um you are muscular if, brother if you have a lot of beard you don't need no beard or if you don't have beard you don't need a lot of beard if you are educated you don't need education if you are not educated you don't need in what I'm trying to say is, once you are in Christ, you are God's. So it doesn't matter your face, whether you are married or whether you are married or you are not married, whether you are, you feel good or you don't feel good, you just belong. We belong to God. We are whether people like us, or <laughs> whether people like us or they don't like us, whether they accept us or they don't accept us, whether they agree with us or not, we belong to God. Someone shout, I belong to God. I am God's special treasure. You should write that on your somewhere in your mirror as you are dressing up, as you are getting yourself ready. You are trying to look good, but guess what? At the back of your mind, whether you look like them or you don't look like them whether you look like a celebrity or you don't look like a celebrity whether you look like you tick all the boxes or you don't tick all the boxes whether your ex doesn't like your he abandoned you she abandoned you and said you are not my type whether you are their type or you are not their type Kadaba you are god's own type <laughs> you are god's type you are God's type. You are God's, not just God's type, but God's special, special treasure, chosen treasure. But guess what? Sometimes if you're not careful, you will just stay in that and be joyful about the fact that God, we are God's special treasure. Yes, it's important. But also we have to remember God has chosen us and we don't have to let him down. So why did he choose us? That 
we should show forth the praises. Hallelujah. When they look at us, they see they don't have a choice, but they say, God is good. God is real. God is good. God is real. And God is in this person's life. We show out the praises. When, when he say we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness, it also connotes, um, um, it also depicts, when he says show forth the praises of him, and now, now we should speak forth. Speak. It's not just behave it. Behavior is important, but what we say is also important. That's why I said preach the gospel. So when we open our mouth, it brings glory to God. When we preach the gospel, much more, what the Christian's mouth must contain is the word of the Lord. Primarily. And other things are also good. But fundamentally, if your words, if your words are not bringing the word of God, conveying God's word, if as a Christian, if your words are not conveying God's word to others, your listeners, your audience, I'm not saying always preaching, no, you can't be always preaching, but even in your conversations and in, in, in your interactions, every now and then, they, they, someone doesn't need to interact with you for days to discover that there's Christ in your life. You might not say, it, or you might not behave funny, but as you speak, they will notice that there's Christ. Your words are not void of Christ. Your words are not void of the word of God. Your words are not, it's so much part of you that it comes unconsciously. It comes naturally. It comes naturally because that is what your life is filled with. It's very important. And so that we are called to show forth. We are all this special treasure. Listen, when God wanted to show how glorious he is, he chose, when God decided to show how glorious he is, he chose you. That's what I'm talking about. He chose you. When God decided to show how glorious, how wonderful, how merciful, how kind, how powerful he is, guess what? He chose you. He chose you to be that vessel. He chose to use you. Yes, I'm talking about you. Us. He chose us to show forth his praises. So don't block it. Don't block it. Don't block. If you are a special treasure for a purpose. If you are a special treasure to God for a purpose. For a purpose. For his glory. To show forth his praises. That is why you and praises in according to, according to Hebrews chapter 13. I think verse 15. It says that uh, the leaves of our fruit giving, bringing him sacrifices of praise. He says that by him, therefore, let us offer, uh, let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God. Now, continually, watch this. He uses the word sacrifices of praise. Or the, 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 the sorry, the, the phrase sacrifices of praise. You don't have to, sometimes people choose a church because I like the song. No, it's not. The, there are times you are even giving praise, not just because you like the song, but because he deserves it. He deserves it. You do it because he deserves it. Yeah, does that mean I shouldn't like? No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with liking song. There's nothing wrong with liking a particular genre or a particular song. Some songs are lovely and uh, it's just a blessing to enjoy. But there are times where you might not even feel, feel it's my, you might go, you have to go outside of your feeling to give sacrifices. So a sacrifice is not something you really readily want to do, but you have to do it because it's just right for you to do it. And so, so we give sacrifice of praise. So we are called forth out of darkness, uh, 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 out of darkness. Uh, and then uh, to who is that uh, a particular to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into this marvelous. You can be a genuine Christian and not find it marvelous and wonderful. Because if you see the light, if you have genuinely seen the light, there is something that comes to your heart and gratitude to God because being a real Christian is fun. What do I mean? Being a real Christian is so, it comes with such deep-seated amazement and gratitude and joy. When you are, if you are genuinely a genuine Christian, as I normally say, when you become a Christian and genuine Christian, one of the things that in your early days of Christianity, and sometimes can even continue for a long time, one of the things that will strike you is, how come I didn't know this earlier? Why did, what, was, what was I doing out there? <laughs> I know someone knows what I'm talking about. What, what was I doing out there? How come I didn't know this earlier? How come nobody told me? How come no, nobody... 
ah, I should have known this earlier. And then you begin to feel, wow, those who have gone ahead are really uh, are fortunate. Because I, sh I should have been in this a long time. There's, there's this sense of awareness of this marvelous nature of the light you are in that makes you, you don't miss. You actually don't miss some things. When you begin to go low in your Christian work, that's when worldly things begin to appeal to you again. But when you are doing well, you don't miss worldliness. You don't miss worldliness in the presence of this marvelous light. We have, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's this sense of satisfaction. There is this sense of deep-seated joy. There's this sense of this deep-seated joy. Bible calls it in First Peter chapter 1 verse 8. Joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Some other translation says joy inexpressible. You don't even have all the words to articulate your feelings about this Jesus and this church thing is so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Hallelujah. Well, let me move on quickly because I can stay on this order because the joy of serving the Lord is real joy. Hallelujah. So he said, who has called you out of darkness? No, he said, uh, uh, Proclaim people that you should show for the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, let's look at the next verse. Very important. Verse 10. Which in time past, which in times past, ye were not a people, but are now. Jesus, that? Which in times past were not a people. We in the past, in time past. When we are talking about the people of God, you are not part of them. Oh, you see, the fact that your parents are Christians, that doesn't mean you're a Christian. <laughs> no. the, fact, the fact that your father is a bishop doesn't mean you are going to heaven when you die. No. You're actually going to hell if you don't give your life to Jesus. The fact that um, you, 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 are, you are born in a Christian family, your parents are Christians, they practice Christianity, they go to church, and they actually take you to church, does not necessarily make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is your personal commitment to Christ, a lifetime, okay, not a temporal, a lifetime commitment to Christ. You have made up your mind that I will live for Jesus, and Jesus will live his life, actually, the right word, the right expression is Jesus will live his life through me. Okay, so it's not like so much as I'm living for him, even though that also makes sense. I, I, you get it, yeah, I'm living for him. The real thing is that he's living his life through me. Jesus is living his life through me. I am an expression of his life. He lives his life through me. Now, that is what, it's at only at that point, and that point alone, you become a, a true Christian. When Jesus... You have, and you, you say, I believe he died for me and I'm ready to commit my life to living for him. It's only at that point you become a Christian and a true Christian and then you begin to live that life. Now, so he says that in time past, you were not a people. You were not God's people. So when we, The true Bible says, as I read earlier on, the scripture says that um, there's a, you are a true Jew. If one that is, who is a true Jew? One that is, is spiritual. Is okay, it's Jew in spirit, and so uh, everybody, including Peter, uh, Paul, Paul, can you mind? Paul was Jewish, Paul, Apostle Paul, he was Jewish. He says that, uh, um, Philippians chapter 3 talks about of the stock of Israel, a, a Jew or a Jew of Jews. When you're talking about Jews, he said, a Jew circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, a tribe of Benjamin, and an Hebrew of Hebrews, touching the law. He was a true Hebrew. Verse 4 says that, verse 4 says, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any 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 other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So if someone can boast about their 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 natural state, their status in life, physical status, he said, I can boast more. But he says, all these things, they don't matter to me because there are things that I'm a real Jew. But he wasn't born again. He was on his way, on his way to missing God. And the he, he wasn't going to make it, but he met Christ. 
So the fact that you are a physical Jew does not mean you you are you you are actually the spiritual you are part of the spiritual family of god you are not you are not a child of god it's only in christ we become children of god outside of christ nobody can be a child of god it's very important you are a create at best a creation of god we are all creations of god and so in a certain way we are offsprings of god because all human beings came from god created in that sense we are offspring but when we talk about child we are children we are not children of god of outside of christ it's only in christ a person becomes a child of god it's only in christ we become children of god so even though my parents were children of god when they gave birth to me i didn't become a child of god automatically no you my children are not children of god automatically they are my children, but not God's children. <laughs> it's very important. And but the beautiful thing is, when because of my work with God, the blessing of of God on me will always pass on to them. But it doesn't mean they have become the children of God. To become a child, a child of God is a personal commitment and a personal engagement with Christ. So a personal engagement with Christ is what makes a person, whether Jew or Gentile, a child of God. Now. So you who were once not children are now because you who were once not a people, but uh, uh, which in time past were not a people, but are now uh, are now the people of God. Hallelujah! We are now the people of God, which had uh, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah! We haven't obtained mercy. We didn't have the mercy that is required for us to have this wonderful, beautiful, glorious relationship with God. We didn't have it, but now we have obtained it. But 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 now we have we have obtained it. We have obtained it in Christ. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. In Christ, we have obtained the mercy of God. And then I want to quickly move on from that. There's so much packed in this uh, two verses, but I really want to get into the verse. 11 because of my time oh wow all right i've got just a few minutes to now unpack the verse 11 dearly beloved see see that this is a term or this is a term of endearment dear you are so important to me dearly beloved i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims Strangers and pilgrims. New King James. Let's see how I put it. I be beloved uh, 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 as sojourners and pilgrims. Strangers. Who is a stranger? Who is a sojourner? The right word is sojourner. Okay. A sojourner is a traveler. So when you when you go to the airport, you see people with suitcases and stuff like that. Yeah, they are travelers. There are some of us, you know, there was a time you traveled, even um, in UK or in America, when you are traveling on the motorway, stuff like that, there is this service stations. Sometimes you go there once in your life, depending on how often you travel. But you don't, you don't go there and stay there. Actually, I remember, can I tell you a quick story? Years ago, or some years ago, when we were starting our branch in Birmingham, I, I think one night I finished a service there, I was coming back. No, I think I went to preach there and I was coming back and we finished the service. It was powerful. I was physically exhausted and I was driving. So, and it's a long journey in the night. I got to a time I was so tired and feeling very heavy eyed. My eyes were so heavy. You know, that kind of, you're driving and you're trying to keep your eye open and the motorway is dark and it's just putting you to sleep and, you know, it's very dangerous. And sometimes you have to park and take a quick rest. And then I saw a service station. So I drove in there and um, just maybe sometimes buy a cup of tea or something and then coffee. So I just, I, all I needed was just relaxing. And I reclined in my car seat. I reclined the car seat full, like full bed, being in business class <laughs> bed. I reclined it and I went to bed. I slept at least. And you know, it's the kind of sleep that you actually turn to your side, not the one you sleep facing up. I turned to my side, so you can imagine. I slept. Little did I know that place, that service station, and normally the service stations on the motorways, I don't know where the few ones have visited, this particular one. They are not, they are only for sojourners. 
I'll explain. People who are traveling, you are not supposed to stop there for more than two hours. Because if you park there for more than two hours, the camera has just spotted your uh, number plate, and a few weeks later, a fine is coming in the, in the post. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I went there, even though I was a sojourner, I stayed there too long, because you are just supposed to come in, pick something, buy something, and off you go. Buy something, get your fuel, and off you go. Because you are a sojourner. You are not meant to stay there unless you are a worker there. You are a sojourner. And we, Christians, we are sojourners. We are on our way somewhere. We are on our way somewhere. We are on our way somewhere. Unbelievers don't understand that and don't appreciate that. But the truth is, we are on our way somewhere. Somebody say, I'm on my way somewhere. This is not my permanent location. This is just a temporal location. It's not my destination. It's a temporal location because of certain reasons. Because of God's personal agenda and purpose. We are in a certain location. But the good news is we are on our way somewhere. We are on our way somewhere. And we get there. We get there after death or when Christ comes. We are getting there. We are going. Heaven knows where we are going and we will get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so this is one of the things every believer, every believer should pride yourself and, and rejoice in. Rejoice in the fact that this is not our permanent place. So it doesn't matter what happens in this earth. Uh, there's a great life, better life ahead. Hallelujah. There is a better life ahead. There is a better life ahead in Christ for the believer. There is a better life ahead in Christ for the believer. There is a better life ahead and it's a glorious life. That's why this Bible says that um, it's called the blessed hope. The glorious, I think Titus chapter 2 verse 13 or so. The glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! It's a looking for that blessed hope. That blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, a sojourner keeps your mind on it. Don't go and park and stay too long. A fine is coming. <laughs> some, some, some demons will make sure you get this fine. <laughs> and angels cannot cancel the fine because you are not meant to stay there that long. You are not meant to, to live your life as though that's all there is. You can't live your life, even in your marriage. You can't live your life as though all your life is for marriage. No, your life is not for marriage. Your life is for God. Your life is for God. Hallelujah. Your life is God for God and his agenda and his assignment. Hallelujah. So he said, as sojourners, as travelers, watch this. Watch this. Remember he mentioned it in chapter 1, uh, how he, the letter was written to people who are aliens, who are pilgrims. This letter, um, in verse 2. Verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2 talks about elected according to the foreknowledge of sanctified by the, uh, to the grace of God. So, verse 1 talks about this letter written to those who are scattered throughout uh, 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 strangers, yeah, to the strangers, to aliens, to the sojourners. We are aliens and yet chosen. If you go to the message I taught on that, it's amazing. But let's go back to the chapter 2, verse 11. It says that, I, I, I beg you, that's a serious one, I beg you. Beloved, I beg you. Pastor is begging you. This worldly approach, this worldliness, no one can tell me what music I can listen to. No one can tell me where I can go. No one can tell me what party I can go. Just wrong with it. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Please remember, I'm going to nightclub. What is wrong? What is not going? Christians are so boring. Any Christian who talks like that is a, is a backsliding Christian. It's a backsliding Christian who say Christians are so boring, they won't go to nightclub. Shame on you. You are a backsliding Christian. You are a backsliding Christian. You are a backsliding. <laughs> yeah. What is sweet? There's nothing to the Christian. There's nothing sweeter than fellowship with other believers. Sweeter than fellowship on earth. The, the company of the believers is such a blessing and glorious things to look, something glorious to look forward to. Something amazing to look forward to. Oh, Christians are boring. They don't even enjoy music. They don't. It's because you are carnal. 
and you are you are, uh, that's the message that I'm going let, let me show you something okay let's get back to the text look at it let's stay let's stay on the text watch this it says that beloved I beg you I beg you as sojourners as sojourners this vacation is not good for you as a sojourner <laughs> this staycation and vacation is not good for you it's not good for you you are a sojourner that's so I trying to say I'm going to hell because I go, I go to nightclub because I go to um, um, Las Vegas for fun Florida beach parties I hear there's something called pajamas party <laughs> and, and things like that is it is, is, is it wrong does that mean I'm going to hell no you are not you, you, are, you might not be going to hell the, the only thing is you might not be actually born again <laughs> he, the, the, I didn't say you are not but you might not there is the possibility that you are not born again there is the possibility that you are not really born again the way you don't have qualms about your behavior you know is, okay let's look at this I think I'm preaching <laughs> this is what the world they don't like to hear these things and they can't fall in Christians some people call themselves Christians but they are actually not they have been very much deceived. Jesus said, <laughs> some people will come and say, Lord, 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 did we not cast out devil? Matthew chapter 7 from verse 23 downwards. But he says that, uh, he said, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. And then he says, some people will say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? And he will say, away from me, you worker of iniquity. Did you see that? Did you see that? Away from me, you worker of iniquity. Do you see that? Worker of the way you are working iniquity means you don't belong to Jesus. You don't belong to the second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It says that the foundation of this the Lord stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the way you are in iniquity and feel very comfortable in iniquity, it's a major sign that potentially. Maybe you don't belong to the Lord. Maybe you think you do. Because there are people who think they do. Jesus said it. In, that, in the day, people who said, Lord, 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 Lord. And he said, uh, didn't we cast out devils in your name? And verse, uh, uh, he said, away from me. Away from me. Away. Uh, 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 didn't he, 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 he said, he, I, I never, he said, I never knew you. Oh, but we know you. I thought you, no, he said, I never knew you. Really? Yes. So that means you were deceived. You have been deceived to think you belong to Jesus. You actually never, he said, I never knew you. Away from me. You worker of iniquity. Look at the verse 24. Worker of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever hear this saying of mine and doeth them. Uh, you have to do them. It's about doing. Okay, let's go back to the, the text. It's, it's, it's interesting. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Please don't go off. Don't go off. Don't go. Don't switch off because what I'm saying, God is, I'm prophesying to you. I'm prophesying to you. You, you Don't switch it off. Don't switch it off because this is needed for you. This is needed for you. Watch this. Watch this. It's the, it's the reason for your, uh, the platform for your next testimony and your next breakthrough. Um, He says that as, let me read it from the uh, New American Standard Version. Beloved, I urge you. I urge you as aliens and strangers. So aliens, okay, pilgrims or sojourners and pilgrims. The sojourners and pilgrims, what's the difference? There seems to be, there's likely to be a difference because it says as aliens and strangers, okay, or as sojourners and pilgrims. Let me, James, as sojourners, New King James, as sojourners and pilgrims. What does it mean? The sojourner is someone who is traveling and they are actually looking somewhere. Their minds are somewhere. Okay, a pilgrim is someone who is at a place, in a certain place, but they are just there temporarily, they don't belong there. Okay, so a sojourner is someone who is on his way somewhere. A pilgrim is somebody who is at a, who is at a certain place, but they don't belong there. They are aliens, they are, they are um, migrants. They, that's not their place. They don't belong there. All right, this is very important. Now watch this. As sojourners, you, the next thing, the thing you don't want is fight. So as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from what? Fleshly lusts. Ah, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war, against, uh, which war against your soul. 
So fleshly lusts are not innocent temptations. Sin is not innocent. Fleshly lusts are not innocent temptations. They are actually, uh, 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 it's like, it's, it's, it's like an organized war against your soul. It's an organized, I wrote, I wrote in my notes here, very interesting. They are not, uh, it is, uh, uh, um, yeah, they are not innocent. They are not innocent at all. It is, the, it's an organized um, war. It's like uh, you are talking about um, uh, um, rebels, okay, rebels, and an out different. It, something has launched a war against you. It's an army, an army of rebels and gorillas searching searching constantly to destroy your Christian joy, peace, and usefulness. So it's an, an organized army. It's an organized gorilla, rebels. So it's, an, it's a war against you. Something has been launched against you. Something has been launched against you to make sure, um, to make sure it stops your testimony. And the it's war against your soul. It's a war, war against your soul. It's not something innocent. It's not just, brother, it, that thing you are going through is not an innocent temptation. No? It is not an innocent temptation. It's actually war against your soul. And if it's war against your soul, its target is to take away your joy, is to take away your peace, and to take away your usefulness to God. Your joy, your peace, and your usefulness to God. There is war against your soul. There is war against. Sin is not innocent. Sin is not innocent. Fleshly lusts are not innocent temptations. It's actually war. Put the scripture on the screen again, please. It says that abstain. Turn away from it. Shine it. Abstain from fleshly lusts. You are at war, bro. You are at war, sis. You are at war. Your spiritual life is at war. Something is fighting against you. It's an organized, uh, 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 organized militia, guerrilla warfare, constantly fighting. It's not one day, cause it has been. It's determined to fight you constantly, constantly fight you to take away your joy in Christ. So when people start to backslide. The first thing that you show, you see in their lives is that they are beginning to be joyless. Oh, this preaching is too much. And this church, church thing, I'm not really ready. Today is not for me. Yeah. So let's get back to the test. It says that, um, as sojourners, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against, uh, which war against your soul. It's an organized, constant war. Warfare. Sin is not innocent. Sir. Sin is not innocent. Oh, God knows my heart, but sin is taking away your eyes. <laughs> God, God, <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious. Just I find it is, the word of God is too sweet. God knows your heart, but sin is plucking your eyes away. Go and ask him something. God knows your heart, but sin is taking out your eyes. So when God is showing you things, you don't, you can't even see. You can't even see. Sin is not innocent. It's warring against your soul. And the Bible used the word abstain from flesh like last. Quickly, in second, in second Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, look at what happened. This man was not even practicing sin, but look at what the devastating impact of sin on his life. And delivered righteous lords who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. So the sinfulness of the people around him was up. So you can't say, as for me, I'm just, they are my friends and I just hang around, but it doesn't affect me. What they do, I don't practice. No, it can affect. Bible says that righteous lot, righteous, take note of the word, righteous lot was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Look at verse 8. Filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man, you see, righteous. He was a righteous man dwelling amongst them, the sinners, the wicked. 
tormented his righteous soul. Did you? It was again, sin is not innocent. Too. It was against your soul. Tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their uh, lawless deeds. Give me New King, uh, uh, NIV. By seeing and hearing. He says that for that righteous man living amongst them, them, them day after day, living there, there, who are your friends, brother? Who are your friends, sister? Who are the people you travel and go on holidays with? Who are your core friends? It says that living amongst them day by day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. That music, that things you are hearing, that things you are watching, it can torment your righteous soul. It can vex. King James said he vexed. His soul was vexed. He, he vexed. He vexed. He troubled. You have troubled your soul. It's war. It's not innocent pleasure. It's not innocent trouble. Trying to just have nice time. No, you are at war. Sin is not innocent. Sin is regular military campaign. Sin is a military campaign. Fleshly lust is a military campaign against your soul. And it will take away your joy. It will take away your peace. It will take away your usefulness to God. You can't retain your usefulness to God when sin is dominating and ruling in your life. This man was just watching and was listening he wasn't participating he wasn't partaking he was just watching he was just watching and listening i'm telling you he was just watching and listening just watching and listening it it vexed his soul abstain from fleshly lust which wars against your soul it wars against your soul sin is not innocent sin is not innocent Sin is not, oh, you know, it's just God understands. We just, we have to fight, fight, fight sin. Fleshly lust is not innocent. It's warring against your soul. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 2, 3, and 4. See how it was against your soul. First Peter said that he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh in his life in the flesh for the lusts of men but for the will of God please don't live your the rest of your life once you are born again don't live the rest of your life for the lusts living to fulfill your lusts oh so are you trying to say the fact that you are Christian you have lust the lust is there that's what I'm talking about when you are saved it's not your body that is saved. it's not your flesh that is saved though you are saved it's your spirit your soul is now going through transformation as you receive the word of God and obey the word of God. Remember, I taught you, obedience of the word of God is what purifies and cleanses your soul. But we are all on a journey. We are on a journey. We are on a journey. So you have to watch the things that are fighting you. Watch the things that are t polluting you, that are stopping you. Listen, may I say this as I get ready to round up? May I say this? There are people who are going around saying that Really, sin is not a big deal for a Christian because once you are a Christian, you don't have sin. T tell them the Bible, the New Testament doesn't know anything like that. It's replete in the New Testament. The New Testament actually enjoins us. It commands us to stay from sin. Constantly telling us, watch against sin, fleshly lust. Constantly. Now watch this. If sin was not a problem, why is it that it keeps telling us, abstain from it? Walk away from it. Walk away from it. Yeah. If sin was not a problem, why would the New Testament tell us to walk away from it? Why? In my notes, in my notes, there's something very important. Watch this. Watch this. It's, it's, um, um, the, the fact that, yeah, the fact that we are living in this life does not mean that we are free. Um, we, we are free from satanic attacks and satanic demands and uh, the plans and the programmings of the uh, 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 the programs the programming of the enemy all right it's very very important it's very important the fact that we are we are living in this life doesn't mean we are free and the bible clearly warns us tells us to abstain from sin a believer that means you can do it by the help of the Holy Spirit. You might not be there one day, but stop saying oh, it's gradual and start taking aggressive steps to 
against this thing that is warring against your soul. There are a lot of people who are not useful to God because of the sin state or the flesh is fulfilling last, 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 last. Every one of us have, you can't be a human being and you will not be tempted. But that temptation is not innocent. Okay, so that sin, that fleshly lust is not innocent. You have to take, take aggressive steps to deal with it. Because you can't be useful to God and it will affect your peace. You are, you are not at peace. You know, you know, you know you are not at peace. That's one of the things the world fears in the church. They don't want the preaching. Hey, no, no, I don't want this preaching. Hey, I don't want preaching. Because they are afraid. They are afraid. Listen, in, in Genesis chapter 4. Verse 7 said, if you do, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at your door. Watch this. And its desire is, is for you. But you must rule over it. Overcome that thing. Sin is lying at your door. It's waiting. It's waiting like the way some dogs lie in front of the door. The sin is lying at your door. It's waiting. When you watch Safari, uh, some of those um, wildlife, you can see and a lion or a tiger waiting gently, lurking in the, in, in the dry grass or in the bushes, waiting for that antelope, waiting for that prey. They lie. Sin is lying. So what you are taking lightly, something is an organized war, an organized gorilla, gorilla, an organized rebels is being organized against you. It's waiting. God told him, Sin lies at your door, and his desire is to master you, is to take over your life. And he said, you have to master it, dominate it, rule over it, deal with it. Said, deal with it. And that's not saying that's my weakness. Deal with it because it's trying to spoil your joy, spoil your peace, and spoil your testimony. Now I was reading second first Peter chapter four. I didn't even finish. Look at chapter four, verse two again. First Peter chapter four verse two, and I have to run up now. That no lover live according to the flesh, uh, 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 in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Look at verse three. For we have uh, said, for we have spent enough of our past life in doing the will of the Gentiles, not living your normal life as an unbeliever, having a lot of mess, messing. Up. You've had enough. Say you have done it enough. It's okay. Some people haven't even tried it, but you have done it enough and you are born again now. The teenager are still living in it, sister. Why? Oh, he said, You have, he said, We have spent enough of our past. <laughs> you have spent enough, Christian brother, pastor to be, pastor, church leader. You have spent enough of your time in this lifestyle. You have done it much since you were 17, since you were 15. That these things you have done them enough. Now you are 32. You still yeah, you are born again two years ago. You still ah 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 waiting now. <laughs> ah waiting. <laughs> you you have lived this a long time. Say, look, you are almost 50. But much of your life was spent in the world in orgies and partying and stuff like that. You are almost 50. Now you are in church. You are still saying, oh, this, you know, this thing. We all understand. Say, you have spent enough of your time living like that. Sister, you have spent enough of your time living like that. Now is the time. Arise and fight. Sin is not innocent. Sin is organized war against your soul. Organized war. Sin is not innocent. There's something. Satan is behind it. Using it because it has a desire to master you. Sin has a desire to master you. And now you are blocked and you are not free. It has a desire. Back to First Peter chapter 4. Verse 3. Look at verse 3. It says that when we walk in uh, in the time part, when we walked in lawlessness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking, drinking parties and abominable idolatries. We were doing all these things. We've, had, we've done it. You've been dead, been done it and all that. It's okay. Look at the next verse, verse 4. In, uh, in regards to this, they think, it's, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same 
flood of dissipation, speaking evil. Now that you don't do it, they are accusing you, you are antisocial, you are like this. The next verse, will, when we go to First Peter chapter 2, verse 13, 12, we deal with that. But they, they speak against you. Oh, you are very antisocial. You are this, you are this. Because they don't see why you shouldn't still join them in that way. But you are a changed man. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a peculiar treasure to God. You are part of the uh, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who have been uh, 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 called to show for the praise of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are no one, you no more one of them. It's a new day for somebody. Finally, I have to end now. Finally, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. When we talk about fleshly lust, what do we mean? Most people think it's only sexual issues. No, it's not. Fleshly lust is a whole range of stuff. First, um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's look at that and I'll, I think I'll end on that. Galatians 5, 17. It says that for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish look at the next verse thank you jesus but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now verse 19 let's see the works of the flesh now the works of the flesh are evident it's obvious it's obvious which are adultery fornication uncleanliness lewdness um, I think change the version for me. Idolatry, sorcery. Let's go to a different um, NIV. Then we'll come to new. NIV, verse 19, please. Verse 19. NIV says that the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity. So that sexual immorality, the Greek word is pornea. 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 Okay. Pornea. So that's where we get the word pornography from. Sexual immorality. So it's not even just the physical with a person you don't need a person to engage in sexual immorality all kinds of sexual uh, stuff okay sexual immorality impurity and debauchery the next verse please idolatry witch and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions oh wow all these things factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like said i can't finish it there are a lot of things like this so the works of the flesh are plenty give me new living translation please from verse 19 again when you uh, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity last uh, lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling sister and brother quarreling glossy outburst of anger Tantrums. <laughs> Get that child. Train that child well. Outburst <laughs> of anger. Selfish ambition. It's all about me, me. This is what I want to do. I'm doing this. And I don't care about anybody. Dissensions. That's divisions. Dissensions and divisions. Uh, divisions. Um, envy. Envy. Drunkenness. Wild parties. In, in, in those days, it's called Thessalonica. The Thessalonica. You live and go to. Thessalonica, that's where the wild parties and the carnivals and all those things were. Wild parties and and other sins like these. Yes, and the like. King James, New King James, and the like. They are plenty. So, watch this. Sinful flesh, fleshly lust is not only a, just a group of stuff. It's plenty, a, a lot of other things. And it says, well, it's warring against your soul. So, as pilgrims as strangers or as sojourners and pilgrims. My beloved, I beg you, I beg you. Can I also talk to you, sir? Can I talk to you? I beg you. Abstain from fleshly lust. Whatever you do, whatever you do, sometimes you have to block certain relationships, block certain places you go, change. The thing, go, there may not be the sin, but to you, it is affecting you. It's giving the, the flesh its occasion to sin. In Romans chapter 13 verse 14 said put on and I'm a put on Christ and give no give not the flesh the occasion to fulfill its last you see make no provision for the flesh so when you make provision for the flesh you are you are you are you are deeming this thing as innocent but it's not innocent so you have to fight it don't make provision there are some places two people one person if maybe if you go if I go to the pub I might not be tempted because I've never had I didn't have that challenge with alcohol I've never 
So I mean, I'm not, I won't get drunk, but maybe you used to get drunk and get drunk. It was your biggest challenge. Now you are going to have a dinner in the pub and there's smell of alcohol. You know, you are making, um, giving this, the flesh an occasion to sin. That's what it means. So it's not, you can't say everybody, you can't use the same stick, but there are some things that generally they, they enhance the, the sin or create grounds for the flesh to sin. However, they, it can be so also personal in a lot of things you know that some people you know, social media is your biggest challenge. The things that tempt you on social media. Other person too, social media is not a problem. You can stay on it, it doesn't. So we all, you must know where the sin tries to come in from and its desire is to master you. Brothers and sisters, sin is not innocent. Fleshly lust is not inno innocent. It is war. It's an organized military campaign. It's an organized military campaign without fail against your peace, against your joy, and against your usefulness. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.